Alright guys, good morning. Back here the next day. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the 2013 Samsung event. Brought to you by Jamal Honus on my podcast, Gotta Have Heart Wrestling. You gotta admit, this SummerSlam 2013 really definitely made history. It's pretty crazy, you know. Yesterday I talked about the uh, 2005 SummerSlam event on another bonus episode of mine. Let's go back in the archives and see it. And, you know, I explained how, like, Hogan and Michaels was first time ever, probably one of the biggest and greatest SummerSlam events ever in history. But not to discredit the fact, you know, when you go to SummerSlam and then you have a superstar that's red hot on fire by the name of Daniel Bryan, going up against the reigning defending WWE champion John Cena, who's been an incredible role ever since being The Rock at WrestleMania 29 from a sold out 80 plus thousand fans in a MetLife Stadium, New, New Eastwood for New Jersey. It's been pretty crazy. So you have these two going to main event. You have the CEO of the company, Triple H, as your special guest referee. And can't go get no bigger than that, you know? It's either put up a shut up for Daniel Bryan and to see if he can really win the big one and become the next WWE champion. Could he do it? You know, let's find out. But yeah, this bonus episode is about the 2013 SummerSlam event that took place in Los Angeles, California at the Staples Center on August, um, August 18, 2013. And it's crazy. It's, well, it was the fifth consecutive sellout at the, you know, Sable Center for SummerSlam. You know, the fifth consecutive year. It's pretty incredible. We had an attendance record of 17,739 fans with a buy rate of 296,900. So, pretty good. Not too bad for a SummerSlam event, you know. Pretty outstanding crowd, you know. Pretty crazy, though. Car host for SummerSlam was none other than the A-lister, The Miz. I gotta admit, he did pretty good, pretty good job, you know, hosting this SummerSlam event. It's pretty incredible. I definitely enjoyed it for the most part. You know, before that came on, we had a pre-show matchup with Rob Van Dam, who had made his return to pay-per-view back at Money in the Bank last month. Very unsuccessful at the Money in the Bank last match when he returned to Philadelphia that night, but still putting on a great performance. But this event, on the pre-show, he was challenging one of the members of the Shield, Dean Ambrose, who is a.k.a. John Moxley right now at AEW, for the WWE United States Championship. Of course, Robin Dan was accompanied by Big Sean Mark Henry, and Dean Ambrose was accompanied by his brother and Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Robin Dan then went via disqualification from interference from the Shield. But also, you know, the championship cannot change hands on the disqualification. So Dean Ambrose was able to retain the United States Championship in 13 minutes, 38 seconds. Not too bad of a matchup there. You know, we already know the history of the Shield. You know, all three of these guys won championship belts on the same night back at the Extreme Rules event earlier that year, prior to after happening at the WrestleMania. Pretty good. They became an incredible long run. Of course, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns were still the reigning tag team champions. Of course, they didn't win the championship with this event. But, you know, with, you know, Dean Ambrose as the quote-unquote leader of the Shield, if we can safely say that. You know, being the single champion, that's his champion. I think it was a pretty good run Dean Ambrose had that championship belt. I think he held on to that belt for quite over a year. You know, probably one of the longer U.S. title reigns ever in this company history. So, I got it. Dean Ambrose definitely had a good run at that championship belt. I would love to see Robin Dan win it, but I think this is definitely Dean Ambrose's uh, peak into the future there, you know. So, pretty good matchup overall to really kick things off before the SummerSlam event there on pay-per-view at, the, at that time. All right, we get to the main show here, where we have The Miz announcing the top main events of SummerSlam there, including one Beast versus Best. Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk. As Paul Heyman stated earlier in the pre-show, he wanted it to be no host bar as both men agreed to it. 
that match will be no holds barred. And of course, the main event John Cena defended the WWE Championship against Daniel Bryan with the COO Triple H as your special guest referee. Not too bad, also to say. Two amazing main events here for the fifth Sunset in row to happen in LA. All right, we'll get to the express here. We had JoJo singing the America the Beautiful. Great job she did. And, you know, it's all just fundamental women out there that, you know, fighting for our country, you know, hopefully made it back home safely during that time and be back with their loved ones and families. All right, first match of the night. We had the return of the Inferno match, but this thing, I was trying to be, why was it called the Mega Friday match? I don't know. Quite, you know, it's kind of weird. Calling it the Ring of Fire match. I'm guessing that they want to change it up a little bit, but, you know, who's to say? You know, maybe wanted to be a little innovative. But this would be Kane versus the in-ring debut of Bray Wyatt. The Wyatt family made their debut on the July 15th episode when they Raw attacking Kane out of nowhere. I didn't know too much about these people. You know, of course, Bray Wyatt, the former Husky Harris character, when he was part of the Nexus a number of years ago. Now he's Bray Wyatt with his Wyatt family, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. And, you know, rest in peace Luke Harper. I did a bonus episode about him back in December, shortly after he passed away, unfortunately, you know, due to some illness. And, you know, it was really sad to still think because, you know, behind the character of Luke Harper, you know, John, really, really good guy. So... You know, all my condolences go out to him and his family again, and rest in peace. One of the greatest big men ever to compete in a wrestling ring. But this match here was pretty, not to say the least. You know, he had the ring spot by fire, was able to take Luke Harper and Eric Rowan out of the ring, let Kane and Bray Wyatt fight one-on-one -on -one here. But the difference is, the only way to win this match is if you pin or make your opponent submit. Normally, in this type of match, you would have to set your opponent on fire. That wasn't the case here. And pretty good match back and forth. Kane pretty much dominated Bray Wyatt in this matchup. You know, but Bray Wyatt did not look, you know, too greens for his interim debut here. So it was pretty impressive to see what Bray Wyatt can do on his own rather than his two brethren from the family, Wyatt family, interfere. But it didn't stop Luke Harper or Eric Roman from getting into the ring here. They would try to put out the fire unsuccessful. They ended up sending a candlestick on fire, which is kind of weird, too. And a fire marshal actually put it out. So... Yeah, until they found a, I guess, fire-reluctant uh, blanket and tossed over one side of the ring with the fire, and it was again inside the ring. Attack Kane. Bray Wyatt lay him out with Sister Abigail, get the 1-2-3, beating Kane, and winning in his first official in-ring debut, his first pay-per-view here at SummerSlam. And, of course, after the match there, you know, they will bring Kane out to lay him in front of Bray Wyatt while Bray Wyatt's rocking in the rocking chair. And able to connect the steel steps to the back of Kane's head and knocking him out completely for good before dragging him back to the locker rooms. This match was 7 minutes and 49 seconds. Not too bad of a match up there, which was a little bit longer because I don't think there's two monsters we're fighting out here. So, But I know it was, it was pretty decent way to kill some of the for the most part. So it wasn't too, too bad. All right, next up we got Cody Rhodes versus Damian Sienna one on one here. Many people hinted that this match, even me, was going to be, was going to be for the Money Bank briefcase. We saw how close Cody Rhodes was to getting a briefcase back at Money in the Bank last month, the month prior to SummerSlam. So close, but betrayed by his own partner, his own tag team partner, his friend Damian Sandow. Damian Sandow was able to win the SmackDown contract Money in the Bank ladder match and proclaim himself Mr. Money in the Bank, you know? So a pretty huge win for Damian Sandow at the Money in the Bank event. These tag team role scholars are now broken up. Cody Rhodes is officially... Shaved off that disgusting mustache. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really like Cody Rose with the mustache look. 
it was weird. It was playing up his character. It was it was it was kind of like a stupid thing, you know. So I'm glad he shaved it off. And you now look at the no the old quarter that we're used to seeing, you know. But pretty good match back and forth here. Cobra's won with the cross bros and disaster kick. Got the one, two, three. Pinning Damien sent out in six minutes and forty seconds here. So pretty back and forth contest between these two guys. Damien sent out. I wasn't really totally behind the character. I thought it was obnoxious and you know. His character right now, in you know, the NWA, what Aaron Stevens is actually a lot better than the Damian Sandow character. I gotta admit, I was kind of, I wasn't quite fond of the Damian Sandow character. I thought it was like stupid and it's a complete waste of time. You know, I think that we could have done something bigger and better with them. And for those that you don't know what happened with Damian Sandow and then Money in the Bank briefcase, he actually lost it when he cashed on John Cena the night after Hell in a Cell, and you know that was the end of it. That was pretty much the downfall of his career after that. So. Wasn't too much of a big push there. It could have been, but I just thought we didn't see him as a future world champion after all there. All right, next up we have the World Heavyweight Championship on the line. But Christian challenges Alberto Del Rio for the title. Christian would end up, first, before this preview happened, he ended up defeating Randy and Rob Van Dam two weeks prior to gain the contendership for the World Championship. You know, we all witnessed Christian's first World Championship victory two years ago at Extreme Rules in that ladder match against the same guy, Alberto Del Rio. So thinking, can Magic Light strike twice with Christian again? But this time, it won't be a ladder match. It's just regular one-on-one contests here. So yeah, you know, I I enjoyed Christian being world champion in 2011. You know, I was hoping he'd get that same opportunity back in 2013. But, you know, not really successful this time. Right to the real, would make Christian tap out via submission to the cross breaker. And, you know, up to the real, was still the world champion after that. In 12 minutes and 30 seconds here. Not too much of a world title match. I've seen better world heavyweight championship matches in history with SummerSlam. This one is okay. wasn't really that good, but it was okay for the most part. So I kind of wish Christian had won this match up here, you know. So, but it sucks that he did him. But you know, yeah, gotta move on from there. All right, we have a Divas match with Natalia Brown one against Brie Bella. This actually originated from the Show Total Divas, which actually premiered a month prior to SummerSlam on the E Network and. I gotta admit, the Total Divas TV show wasn't too bad. It was pretty good. I liked it. It had a good format. It mainly showcased most of the divas that were on the show. You know, like Natalia, the Funkadactos, Cameron, Naomi, the Beltwins, Brie, Nikki, even Marie, JoJo. So it was pretty good, though, for the most part. I actually enjoyed it. You know, not a bad TV show, not a bad match. You know, with Natalia and Rebella, the two longest divas at the, uh, divas at the time, longest tenure divas, going one on one here. But Natalia would win, would win via sharpshooter, make Brie Bella tap out in 5 minutes 19 seconds here. You got to admit, even Marie, you know, dressing like that was pretty sensual hot outfit that she wore that night in L.A. to accompany the Bells ones to the ring that night for SummerSlam. But not too bad. I kind of would give this about a two, two-star matchup. Not too bad, though. So, it wasn't no woman championship on the line, but, you know, hell, we got D was at SummerSlam. It's, nothing can get better than that, right? <laughs> so... Pretty decent matchup for the most part here. All right, next up we have the no disqualification match between the Beast, Brock Lesnar, and the best in the world, CM Punk here. I was so stupid when this match was, you know, happening here. So it was pretty good to see these two go one-on-one. You know, actually, I don't think, I think this was first number two. I've never seen Lesnar and CM Punk. Two Paul Heyman guys are one-on-one here. Of course, we all know how it started with Paul Heyman turning on Punk at the Money in the Bank event, you know, last month. In Philadelphia here, which is kind of confusing. I never thought I would see Paul Heyman turn on CM Punk there. Him with the ladder twice and busting CM Punk wide open before leaving the arena. 
And, you know, I guess Paul even decided to go with Brock Lesnar, the bigger, stronger guy. I mean, put yourself in your shoes. If you were a manager, you know, you had to decide between two superstars, one who was best in the world, but, you know, kind of small. But then you have this other God-given beast who looks like a freak of nature in Brock Lesnar. You know, they're probably going to go with the bigger guy, you know, that's used to winning championships everywhere he goes, and that is Brock Lesnar. Not to discredit CM Punk, because CM Punk is the best in the world. Probably the longest reigning WWE championship throughout the modern era, you know. So, you know, you got to choose, you know. But for fans, this was a fun match to see, because you don't know what's going to happen. You know how extreme CM Punk is, but you know how a fighter, Lesnar is. So it could have gone either way. And that's what did, you know. He just lost, still chair shots his matchup there. We even thought CM Punk was going to make Brock Lesnar tap out until Brock Paul even got involved. Or CM Punk was going to put Brock Lesnar away from the steel chair with the flying chair shot off the top rope. This match had it all. A lot of suplex CM Punk match up here, but pretty damn good. I definitely enjoyed it. Brock Lesnar went with a signaling F5 at the end, pinning CM Punk away. 1, 2, 3, in 25 minutes and 17 seconds. I gotta admit, this is definitely one of the best matches of the night, and probably one of the best matches in some history. I definitely enjoyed it. I'm a big fan of both Brock Lesnar and CM Punk. There's no way that you know, before a match, you can decide who's going to win until you actually watch the whole thing. And you see these two go one-on-one here to the point where, damn, this is pretty crazy. You know, this is flat-out crazy. Like, it was a good match to start to finish. I, This is probably one of those matches that you can watch over and over again and still feel like you're seeing for the first time. That's how good this match was. I was really excited when they announced the match and it happened and it was over. Like, I was a big fan. That was a little big treat for everybody there. The almost 18,000 fans there in the Staples Center that night. All right, next up, we have Dolph Ziggler going one on and Caitlyn team up against Big E and AJ Lee to mix tag team matchup here. We all know it started between Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee, you know, former couple when Dolph Ziggler was money in the bank. Until that loss came about, AJ Lee had gone to her own, became the Divas champion, and then alongside her Mastodon, Big E, Big E Langston at the time, Dolph Ziggler recruited Caitlyn and come mixed tag team matchup here. Dolph Ziggler and Caitlyn get the win in 6 minutes and 45 seconds here against Big E and AJ Lee. So, not too bad. I think this is probably one of the second times we see Big E. After Big E had made his debut at WrestleMania 29, that tag team matchup. When he used Tina Ziggler against Team Hell, no, but sucks with a night as well. But not too bad, though, for the most part. You know, I definitely enjoy good mixed tag team action nowadays. So, this one definitely not disappointing for the most part. All right, we have the main event. It is Daniel Bryan challenging John Cena for the WWE Championship with Triple H as the special guest referee. Not too bad here. I definitely enjoy this matchup. You know, he saw it at um, the night after Money in the Bank. You saw John Cena ring announcing who was gonna he who was he gonna choose to face at SummerSlam for his WWE Championship. Pretty good matchup. I definitely enjoyed it. You know, he chose Daniel Bryan, so I thought, okay, this is gonna be something good to see here because I think. I don't think it was the first time ever, but I think on a major event like the SummerSlam, one-on-one between Cena and Bryan. So, either way, we was in for a treat, though. Because we're gonna really going to see Dan Bryan at his best here. And seeing Dan Bryan at his best is, you know, it's something you've never seen before. Because you can see this guy has no quit in him. He's a fighter. I talked about this about, on this on full episode of Daniel Bryan's amazing career, you know, a few months ago, early this year. And I talked about how good he was and amazing you know so this is definitely one treat for the fans to see here of course it starts with the special referee come out first and 
you know, pretty amazing. You got see Daniel Bryan come on next. He sported the beer T-shirt. John Cena sported the champ T-shirt. If you look at this match before they even start fighting, the T-shirts are almost similar, just with different lettering. And John Cena has an actually picture of a championship belt on his shirt, so it's pretty cool. You know, very very cool. I definitely liked it. You know, still in the bell ring, you get to start this match up here, and it's pretty amazing. You know, pretty amazing match back and forth, and you didn't know how this way was going to go here. You know, back and forth contest. And you got to admit, these two gave it their all. They really did. You know, I even thought sometimes where either one man, I was looking for a submission. You know, I was really hoping which one of the guys going to get this out to tap out for us. It's pretty crazy. But Dan Bryan hit the high knee at the end. John Cena and pins him one, two, three here. In 26 minutes and 55 seconds, Dan Bryan is your new WWE champion. Throughout the whole making of family, he said that Dan Bryan is a B-plus player. We can't have him be in the face of the company. Dan Bryan proved them wrong at this event. Pretty amazing here. One big celebration here. Triple H raising the hand of the new WWE champion, Daniel Bryan. Until you hear that music hiss and out comes Randy Orton. Randy Orton slowly walks away from the ring and holding up the money break briefcase. Let him know that he is still the WWE, he is still the briefcase holder for the WWE Championship match. Before Randy Orton walks back, Crowds can't chant yes, you know, and Randy Orton turns around and probably one of the most devastating, backstabbing, surprising moments ever in Daddy's history. Triple H turns Dan Ryan around and pedigrees him in the middle of the ring. This was shocking, but not to say the least that because you know Triple H and Randy Orton are good friends in real life. Randy Orton comes back and Randy shows Triple H he wants to cash the money in the bank. Triple H tells him to ring, tells the timekeeper to ring the bell. Randy did not have to do a thing. He just covers Dan Bryan. One, two, three. Randy Orton is now your new WWE champion. So, say the, say the least, the fans were shocked. But, I gotta admit, this is probably one of the greatest pay-per-view endings in a long time. You know, who who really expect Randy to come out and cash out money in the bank? You know, in front of a live capacity audience here. Pretty amazing, you know? It is really, really amazing. So, you know, in like literally eight seconds, that... You know, well, match segment lasted, so... But damn. You know, who would have thought, like, Randy would be walking out of SummerSlam 2013 as WWE Champion? Would you call it a surprise moment? Or would you call it an upset? Or one of the greatest portrayals by Triple H? Call it anything you want. But Randy had a plan, and that plan worked out to perfection. Pretty amazing. You know, I definitely enjoyed it for the most part. Overall, I would just definitely say SummerSlam 2013 is one of the best shocking, surprising SummerSlams in recent memory. I give it a three and a half stars out of five, so pretty amazing. What did you guys think about SummerSlam 2013 in the LA Stable Center from start to finish? Give me your opinion. Text me, follow me on social media, anything you want to. Just get at me about this, you know. And like I said, this Wednesday, I'm going to talk about my greatest SummerSlam moments, SummerSlam matches, in my opinion. You know, maybe ranking from best to worst or worst to best. But either way, I'm going to talk about the history of SummerSlam in its entirety. We're going to have some fun here. And definitely see you guys on Wednesday. I'm glad I was able to bring you guys another bonus episode. Yeah, you know, have a happy and safe Monday. Work hard. Go home safely. Enjoy the rest of your day. See you later, guys.